is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, doctors, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all come on, let's go. Welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists, where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door, where truth drops like an atom bomb and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week, we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Healthcare Wrap podcast. It is me, a little different starting. It's Peter Balistrieri starting, and I got my main man, Jared Johnson, on mic number two. But we also have a mic number three today. I'm going to introduce our good friend and colleague, Sean McGowan. Hello, hello. Wow, you have three for the price of one today, Jared. What do you think about that? What a deal. <laughs> Before we get into our today's uh, topics... Why don't you give us a little background on you, Sean, who you are, why you're here, why we've chosen to have you here for for this particular podcast. What do you think? Sure. I am a creative services manager for a major hospital in the area, and I am intrinsically involved with uh, all things marketing and how they relate to uh, the creative world in terms of branding and messaging and how those things all interface with with the consumers out there in the world. So uh, I have kind of a different perspective on things marketing and how they touch the lives of people and how they make them feel about it. So hopefully that's why you guys had me here to kind of talk about this stuff. Oh, we were going to actually ask you a lot about, I think, uh, cars. So you're completely in the wrong podcast. Yeah. Sorry, not, you need to get out. Cars, <laughs> cars and sadly baseball. I know I know you're a big baseball fan. <laughs> I got nothing for you there. Either. Sean and I and Jared have worked very closely before and uh, Sean does a really good job at understanding the needs of marketing, especially from the standpoint point of graphics and branding and the whole creative process. So I know we'll get into that, but um, throw it over to you, Jared, for kind of our next part of this podcast uh, after our introductions here. Awesome. Yeah. Well, stellar intro. First off, Peter, way to go. And Sean, welcome. And it's basically party time from here on out. Yeah, we're we're just going to celebrate because we're recognizing uh, we've been on the air for a year, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. A year. I didn't. I, I didn't ever see it going this long. I mean, not that we're not successful, but my goodness, it's a it's a long time. Congratulations, gentlemen, for Thank sure. You. Yeah. Yeah. So we're starting year two. I guess we'll call it season two. I don't know. Yeah. I like that season two in the Netflix world. We're on season two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a just an endless opportunity for learning new things ourselves and for networking out there. And uh, we've just enjoyed it. If you guys can't tell, we love doing this this whole show, this whole thing. Uh, this is a, a lot of fun for us. Today, and really looking in retrospect, thinking about this last year, we didn't want to do like a full recap show, but we did kind of want to take this time today in our rap battle to recognize how things are different compared to a year ago in our field. And so 
maybe we do that. Hey, hey let's uh, move on to rap battle. Rap battle. This rap battle is where we challenge assumptions. We challenge the status quo. I mean, my goodness, people, for a year, this is what we've been doing. We've been saying things need there. We need new ways of doing things, and we need to recognize that it's going to take some effort to do things in these new ways. And so, what we want to talk about today are kind of three aspects of that. First, we want to look at where things were, like I said, where we've come from, as a field of healthcare marketers, communicators, and, and technology providers. Second, we want to look at kind of the current state, where we are now. And then third, we're going to look at the future, where we're going. And I think through those lenses, we'll yield some interesting things. And Peter, like you said, we're looking forward, Sean, to your perspective on things, because it is. It's always been a, a way to complement kind of the worlds that Peter and I live in. And to start us off here, uh, you did mention cars, Peter. So I'll try to make a little <laughs> segue here, because I feel like just overall, you know, as we've gotten to know more healthcare marketers and communicators across the country, as we've attended conferences and as we've just been networking with people online, this is a tough, interesting, challenging, and yet still exciting field to be in. Being in marketing at all these days is really like trying to refabricate a Toyota into a Tesla while it's driving down the freeway in ludicrous mode and there's no lane markers and the road keeps changing directions and the Tesla's on fire. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. To a car segue that we could come up with. But it really is. I don't think this is an easy field to be in. I think it takes some crazy creative problem solving. Career paths aren't necessarily that clear and expectations are higher than they've ever been. So within that, that's kind of where we've framed our discussions for a year. And we have tried to provide opportunities ourselves and with our guests to recognize that first and foremost and, and to empathize and say like, here we are in the trenches. We understand what this is like, what types of, of expectations are placed on us. And yet in all of that, there's the opportunity to, to thrive in this environment. And so with all that, you know, as I look back and I'll throw it to both of you, the quick thing I'll say is that overall, I think there's a greater recognition of the evolution that's happening in healthcare marketing. I think there's an evolution of how we approach the basics of what we are marketing and who we are marketing to in our field. And I think that's a credit to discussions like this that are happening out there where we're finally saying this is way more than just managing media buys in traditional mass media channels. It is so complex. The very words multi-channel and omni-channel as our approaches in marketing, that says it all. Omni-channel, you have to be everywhere. And everywhere, it has to be a little different to be optimized and to work well in that channel. So this is not an easy field to be in, and yet we're making progress, and there are opportunities coming up more than there ever been. So, Sean, let's start with you on this one. What, what do you think? Like, How is our field, how is marketing different compared to even a year ago? I think within the past year, things have definitely moved forward. I like the term omnipresent more than I like omni-channel, because I think almost channels are there are so many of them but they ultimately lead to first and foremost the computer that everybody carries around in their pocket all day long so all roads lead to that personal interaction with uh, those end users so i think being omnipresent in their lives in terms of the specific channels that you're going for as well as the content that you're putting out there being top of mind with those folks has really taken an uptake this year i think a lot of folks are kind of recognizing that the landscape is definitely shifting and they need to adjust. I don't think we quite have all the bugs worked out in terms of what the adjustments are going to be or 
subjects that you guys have talked about in the past, like how much data is too much data. There's so much information coming in, it's parsing through and figuring out what kind of messages you're going to be telling on what channels and, and how they're going to perform. In terms of branding, in my mind, it's very clear that you have to have a clear message to those folks. You want to put a clear idea of what your brand represents, what your services are, what you want to be in their life. Present that in an authentic way where those folks are at at any given time is really the only way to success currently. And then I think kind of moving forward, there is the unforeseen dark horse that I think is uh, looming on the horizon, which is a good example is kind of like the presentation that Apple just came out with where they were kind of going very content heavy and kind of saying, hey, we're not just a technology company. We are a content provider and that's what we're going to do. And they had a bunch of celebrities and all that. But also in that same presentation, they introduced the concept of an Apple credit card. And that credit card is going to work very differently than all other credit cards. It's not going to have a credit card number in it, on it at all. And the industry is going to have to change around Apple. They're such a juggernaut. They're coming out there and they are changing things. And I foresee somebody out there, Amazon something, somebody out there who's going to do a similar thing for healthcare moving forward. It's probably going to be something that five years from now is going to be, you know, there's going to be an entirely different set of standards that we're going to be discussing that we're not even aware of at this point because some of these folks are out there thinking about how to get it done. But what I do know about whatever model or form or channel that takes is going to be consumer centric. The way of the world now is that you have to service these people at all times, how they want it, where they want it, and make it uh, easy and understandable for them. So I think the uh, the first horse to get to the end of that race and serve that is going to be is going to be the winner. And healthcare traditionally is a little slow on that. So I think it's going to take an outsider to come in and kind of shake things up. My two cents. Oh, that's good. That's like five cents. Sorry. <laughs> no, man. No, not lengthwise. I think well done. I think the, the Apple credit card is interesting because I wonder how that will maybe change the way EHR goes for healthcare systems. You know, the electronic health records. Will we see, will that have any influence on that? Because Apple seems to influence everything we do. So, <laughs> right, Jared? Indeed. Yes. As the owner of a brand new iPhone as of uh, two days ago, just finally upgraded yeah, I'm looking at like literally iPad, iPhone and Apple packaging literally sitting here on my desk right now. So, yep, I'm going to agree with that. I'll jump in next. One of the things that um, you said in the beginning of the podcast today, too, was kind of um, career path and, and in this crazy world of marketing and communications. It's a tough road. But one of the things I'm seeing and now, I'll bring in kind of the stuff that Sean was talking about with the way that uh, people want to receive information and it's got to be more genuine. I'll say a couple things. I think as marketing and communications goes, specifically in healthcare, I think I'm seeing more of it. It doesn't have to be as polished, but it has to be on point and it has to be genuine and it has to be to the right people at the right time, right place, you know, that kind of a thing. In addition to that, I think to get there and to make that information, I'm seeing a trend that, I, and maybe it's been going on for a while, but when we, when we had Amanda Todorovic on and a couple other folks, I think her specifically, and I know that they have the structure. They do structure themselves almost as a, a fairly large newsroom. Like, you know, the classic, you know, in movies that you see where all these people are working on beats and typewriters are flying and, you know, you're hearing they have the editorial meeting in the morning. You know, what are we working on? Because if you're working for a health system, 
of any size, significant size, let's face it, and this is why I think a lot of us get into healthcare, the content really is falling in your lap almost, and, and actually more than that, you're probably drinking from a fire hose. So I think you're going to see, if not already, staffing up in, in these departments. And you may even see departments being led by not the traditional VP, but maybe more of a, a creative VP. I know that I've talked to a couple places and the idea of content marketing is being led by the creative department. And I've seen this. It's pretty interesting because I think at the end of the day, it really does come down to what the stuff looks like. Of course, it has to fit tone, voice, brand, everything along those lines. And again, let's not forget the data that has to drive some of this or all of this. But I think it's a different approach than what it used to be. It used to be much more siloed. Like you had PR over here and you had internal comms over there. I think you're going to see, if not already this kind of this newsroom approach, this editorial approach to getting marketing done and to get this content out there through a marketing and communications output. That's my thought on it. I'm a healthcare marketing leader. You see, I've got so many systems going on, you think I won the lottery. But our materials come from so many sources. When we try to innovate, it only forces me to shake my head. Instead, it's what I dread. It's like I said, I'm always fixing legal and brand and AP, y'all. Come on, can I consolidate? Is there a partner for me? Express Docs takes a load off your shoulders by creating a hub for all your marketing materials that's easy for your clinic managers, service line admins, and others to use. Just imagine a single workflow where all your direct mail postcards, rat cards, posters, business cards, flyers, brochures, patient handbooks, promotional products, and apparel are all in one spot. Well, that's Express Docs. Order today and have it tomorrow for most items. Visit bit.ly slash healthcare wrap three. That's bit.ly slash healthcare wrap and the number three today. Download a case study or request a demo to learn more and receive a free healthcare wrap stainless steel tumbler. That's right. Go to bit.ly slash healthcare wrap three for more about Express Docs. Tell your whole crew. What are your takes on what's been said so far, Jared? I think that, you know, the direction it's all going, because this, this is kind of maybe the way to segue to where things are now, because I think that those are all valid points, especially the part about how to structure a team. I think that has been something that this isn't unique to any particular organization. It's the thing that's going on. Everyone asks, I mean, Sean, you presented at HCIC, the Healthcare Internet Conference a couple years ago, as I recall, literally a part of it was about having a marketing technology team at the hospital. And you got a lot of questions afterward of people just asking like, hey, how are, how's your team structured? Like, I don't know any other field where like, that's the question on the street. Like, hey, how how do you have your team organized <laughs> so that we can even succeed? I think that's going to be a question that it's not always the first one off of someone's top of mind because we're always so consumed with the shiny objects, with the what's Amazon going to do next? What is Apple going to do next? You know, and that kind of thing. We tend to be consumed with those kinds of things at conferences. There are so many other things that are going on. And yet what ultimately required for us to succeed in our field today is having the right structure of the organization. What's interesting on the agency side, and, and I'll then Peter, I'll throw it back to you. Uh, and then maybe Sean after Peter in terms of what you see going on right now today. I've noticed kind of an, an interesting mini trend and I haven't heard really a whole lot of people talking about it other than some conversations I've had, but it's a trend for agencies to kind of having agencies for agencies, kind of having more subcontractors and freelancers being available for healthcare marketing agencies. And I've seen that because 
there's such an ebb and flow of the client load for agencies. And I think as the expectations and the role of those agencies evolve, then they are trying to figure out, who, okay, what type of person, what type of expertise do we need to bring to our team? You know, do we need a data scientist now? Do we need new creative skills on our, with our team to be able to succeed? How do we structure a team? And in the meantime, their client load changes, and then maybe those particular clients don't have those needs anymore. And so agencies at least in healthcare, have been going to this model of having kind of an expanded network of experts. And it's not, I think it used to be just copywriters for the most part, but now it's in practically every field of marketing. You have experts that are just kind of ready and they'll, they'll call up and say, hey, yeah, we need somebody to help with this personas project, a customer journey mapping project, social media management project. We just, we need, can you help us on this project? You know, so they're not hiring as many full-time employees. They're having this expanded network of folks uh, to support them. And what that tells me, uh, why I think that's significant is that the flexibility with agencies is kind of a, it has a trickle down effect, right? So for, for the agencies, clients, you know, hospitals, health systems are typically looking to an agency for the latest and greatest out there. They want to know, hey, we need to know if this is something we should do. You guys should have the expertise in whatever it is, creating an Alexa skill, or we want to try some virtual reality or augmented reality, or you know, whatever the latest and greatest, what those shiny objects are. We typically look to agencies to kind of bring us up to speed and help us try something out. So it kind of has a trickle-down effect. If agencies themselves are having to be so flexible because their role is evolving, then that means our organizations, coming back to this, this piece of how do we set up a team, is going to be in flux for some time. And it's not going to be solved this year, next year. The role of marketing itself is going to change. I think that's where I'm going with that part of it. So uh, Peter, yeah, I'm curious of what you think about just in general, current state of healthcare marketing. I agree with you on that. I think what's it, it's important is that agencies have to change with that landscape too. Like you were saying, even down to a very minutial level, an agency has to be able to trust somebody can write a detailed procedure in a, in a tweet. And I know they added characters on, on the tweets, but it's down to levels where somebody's got to be able to understand the goal, the, the strategy, and then be able to create that output when you're not in the day-to-day business and you're not walking around and living at the hospital or on the campus. So that's a struggle, I think, for some agencies that call themselves healthcare agencies. They have to be able to kind of live and breathe that hospital or that hospital system when they're not truly part of it. And I think the ones that do that well or can be successful at that are the actual ones that can call themselves successful healthcare agencies. And, you know, and they have to navigate that thing that I was talking about before too, where hospital systems are seeing the need for this and they are creating these agency-like structures. And that could almost take agencies out of the play, especially if they're staffing up to create that kind of editorial agency model within the health system. It's just interesting to find out what the trend will be going into the future. What do you think, Sean? I think all, all of these points are kind of touching the same subject. You mentioned me speaking at HCIC a year or so ago, Jared. And honestly, that was the biggest feedback that I got. Nobody cared about anything else that I talked about, but it was, what is the structure of your team? How are you guys handling this? And I think this very much relates to relying on the agency side of things as well. Both of these things are kind of two sides of one coin. One being that everybody currently, I think, is struggling to, what are the different specialities that we need to bring in-house to focus on these things? 
do we build up an in-house agency type scenario? Because I have a unique perspective in that the nine to five job is very much that. It is um, what are the responsibilities and roles within the internal marketing team's house and what are our responsibilities? And then I also have kind of, you know, my side hustle, which is the gig economy, which I think ties back to what you were saying about agencies. Agencies very much have to be nimble these days and you can't staff for everything. So it's all about relationship building. They have to make relationships with freelancers out there who specialize in certain things, people that they know they can go to to get results. We definitely do live in a gig economy now. And where these two things meet, I think, Currently, the landscape, uh, again, is is thing as teams try to figure out how they want their models to look and then what they're going to rely on agencies for moving forward. I would agree to that. I think there's kind of a symbiotic relationship between agencies and client side. We're going to keep seeing that and you'll see it's almost a chicken or the egg. I don't know which came first anymore, but the fact is you have both sides. You're going to be affected by the need to be as nimble as you just said, Sean. And and Peter, to your point as well, I agree. Like, There's only so far we can take things without recognizing that the organization of our team and our relationships with vendors and agencies outside all affects the ability to get things done. So yeah, I agree. And I do think that's a bigger part of where things are now than uh, we sometimes think about. Right. Absolutely. All right. So then, all right, so now we're talking future state. This is our, our, our third part. So for our field, I do feel like this just initially... I feel hope for the future. I feel like that the advances in, in technology and, and uh, things like CRM and marketing automation, as the technology automates more pieces of the day-to-day as social media management platforms get more sophisticated as they really are based on actual AI algorithms and, and machine learning algorithms that are effective. I think those are all in their early stages now, but I think five to... 10 years from now, that's just going to be table stakes. Everyone's going to have those tools to run the basic operations of digital marketing. I think that's going to be in kind of a, a mature market by that point. And we're going to have the opportunity to really use our, our expertise in storytelling and in ultimately making healthcare better for consumers to better use. Whereas right now, I think most marketers and creative folks would say we spend a lot of time doing that day-to-day, figuring out how we're publishing something, how to optimize. We're looking at data. We're doing all those different pieces. And the more of that that can be automated to help free us to use that creative problem solving to really, at the end of the day, make healthcare better. I see that's where things are going. And to do that, we're going to have to pivot our skill set a little bit or a lot. It has to be more than just brand awareness. It's got to become brand relevance and trust. Those are some of the themes that, that have come up through nearly all of our guests is that the very definition of marketing is different, which means we'll have to think about deeper skill sets that are different, that are everything from content strategy to content creation and measurement. We'll need to shift away from mass advertising. We already are to a degree, but we're going to have to do it even more. And that's where if we can get ahead of knowing how to work with the technology that is automating the day-to-day aspects of our jobs, get ahead of that, provide greater value and creativity, then I see that's where, where we're going to shift. So we'll be shifting away from mass advertising to more digital targeting and personalization. We'll be able to spend more time listening to our audiences. I do think that's a a struggle right now to be able to listen to everyone and everywhere 
in that omni-channel, omnipresent. I do like that word, Sean. <laughs> in this omnipresent environment, it's hard to listen to our customers in each of those channels and really internalize it and understand what they want to make their lives better. I see that happening. I see us uh, maturing overall as a field uh, in the next five to 10 years. I agree. I think that from the healthcare industry standpoint, I like, I really like what you said, but living it day to day, there is a point where that automation becomes non-existent or unhelpful. And that is when people have questions through social media. And we've talked about this before, that it isn't a one-way street. It's a, it's a two-way street. You know, people have questions and comments and, and that automation then actually can be a detriment. And I've seen that happen in many of the places I've worked grinding a mud pie. No, just kidding. But anyways, we'll have to go into that story at one point. But there is plenty for automation to do. But I think that we can't get away from that customer service standpoint, that CRM, CSM aspect to, especially again, in talking in the healthcare industry. I think that's important. So I will follow up with, I agree with you. I think when the automation is in place and it is doing what it's supposed to be doing outside of kind of those personal responses and and touchbacks, I think you're going to see a shift back to, and everything is cyclical, like we say, I mean, bell bottoms and everything else. But I think we're, in terms of marketing, we're bell bottoms right I, now. I am. Do you like these? I do. No, where we have to think about where skill sets are coming back are the art of writing. I mean, literally writing a story and telling a story for a particular audience. So knowing your audience uh, before you even put pen to paper, fingers to keyboard, if you will. But also having that idea of in video sense, how is this going to come out? Is this a, you know, is it a montage? Is it vignettes? Is it, is it going to be long form, short form? What is going to play well with the particular audience that you're going to do? You know, are you going to have sad music? You know, so you almost have your, I think these kind of producer director roles are going to be more and more important. I think the art of literally making an outline when you're writing something. I mean, my gosh, my kids, they're still teaching it, but it is so foreign to them. I'm amazed by that they can't get an idea around what an outline is before they write something. So I think because the automation will will get automated and it will get better, I think that those skills, those, I don't know if I would call them soft skills, but those core skills of journalism and of marketing communications are going to become back into the fray of being much more important. I'm going to piggyback off of that, but I'm going to take it back like to the Stone Age. I think with the advances that we're, technology is moving forward. There's no doubt. I'm a techie myself. I love how technology interfaces in my everyday life. It has made my life easier, complicated in some parts, but I'm a techophile. And kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, I think that within the next few years, there's going to be one of these major players that kind of comes into this field and introduces something that maybe we're, we're not even talking about right now or a new spin on one of these things that's going to automate something that's going to change the way that we do things. I don't even know what that is yet. But what I do know and that I agree with you guys are touching on is kind of going back to that um, old school caveman campfire aspect of storytelling. That is where I'm passionate. That is what I've been my entire life and why I ultimately gravitated towards healthcare because as you said before, there's just no better place to tell stories. But that storytelling can't just be, hey, we're yelling at you and we're we're throwing a thing up on a billboard to deliver our message. It has to be a conversation. We have to sit around that campfire now and all talk to each other. And Jared very much hit on this point of, we're going to have to listen to those folks out there and hear their stories. And it's a very communal thing. So I think on one end of the spectrum, as the technology moves forward and things get more automated and 
cold and callous and techy. On the other side, the messaging has to get warmer and more human. And the folks who do both of those are going to be uh, very successful moving forward. It's interesting that you say that because it's literally one is going one way, the other one's going the other way in right. completely opposite directions, yet they have to meet somehow somewhere uh, to be successful. Absolutely. And I think um, just for the other creatives out there, they're, to move up in the creative field, you can't just be a good storyteller. You have to understand the business aspects of it. You have to understand the marketing aspects of it. You have to understand where these stories are going to live and how best to tell them what form, what tactics they're going to take in order for these messages to get out there and be successful. And by successful, I mean resonating with the people that you're trying to reach and engaging them in a very human way. I can tell you that is a very sought after skill, the art of being able to take this strategy and and tell the story, know the medium, understand, like you were both just saying, the, the production details of telling that story visually over video or whatever the medium is, being able to translate that and still have it be strategic at the end of the day instead of just a, you know, a fun project, that's, that is an, a relatively new skill in marketing. And it's highly sought after now. It's one of the, the hardest things to do well now. And it's just going to be continually part of our lives one way or the other. So absolutely outstanding. This was uh, three times the amount of, of info. <laughs> Pretty amazing. As we wrap up the rap battle, uh, I'm going to give you guys a, a rapid fire question. Uh, Sean, just off the top of your head, any uh, Mac hacks, any life hacks for Mac users off the top of your head? Oh my goodness. Automation. I'm just dabbling into it myself. I've never been a big automator guy in the past. I've known it was there, but a lot of the tech podcasts that I listen to, it sounds like there are people out there who have figured out how to kind of like what we're talking about before, automate a lot of the day-to-day junk that you have to do. So I've just begun dabbling into that myself. So uh, learn how to automate what you can. All right. And Peter, uh, will Josh Hader win the Cy Young Award? Oh, man. Going right outside the box here. I will say no. I wish he would, actually. But I think there's a a plethora of starting pitchers out there that are going to blow people's minds. Probably somebody on the Indians, I imagine. Their starting rotation is unbelievable. Down to their fifth guy, the Biebs, Shane Bieber. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we all all knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I know. See, it's the fantasy baseball stuff that's coming out. But Man, I do love seeing an immaculate inning from Hater. It's pretty amazing. Drink the Haterade, baby. <laughs> there we go. All right, folks, we're going to wrap up with a very special, meaningful shout out. Shout out. Shoutout is where we just give credit where credit is due to things and people and foods and ideas and blog posts and all sorts of things that have just changed our world in one way or another. And with that, Peter, I'm going to turn it back to you to kind of wrap us up and walk us out with this shoutout. Well, I'm going to shout out to, and we've done this before, but I think doing it again is is so apropos for a year to just really shout out to all of the people that have subscribed to our podcast, all the people that have have joined our podcast, all of the the special guests. I will give a shout out to you, Jared, for starting this. You you came to me a year ago and had this crazy idea of, hey, let's do a podcast. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And uh, you have consistently come up with um, great topics and uh, and you brought on many of those guests I gave shout outs to so to you as well and and again just to all the listeners that have have chimed in and given us suggestions asked us questions 
And I will also say to our sponsors, True North, Express Docs, those tumblers, I mean, the ill tumblers are amazing. A lot of people to be thankful for a year out. I'm just really impressed. Sean, did you, you're looking like you want to say something. I do. I wanted to throw in a shout out as well. I wanted to throw a shout out to you and Jared both. And, you know, I know this is kind of a reciprocal hug fest going on here, but <laughs> as somebody who is an active listener and I have one of those tumblers to prove my super fan creds, I want to thank you guys for starting this thing up and continuing to have this conversation. As a listener, it makes the commutes that much better. You guys delve into topics that are, that are near and dear to my heart. So on behalf of the entire listening community, which I I know I'm speaking for a broad group of folks here, but I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. I would like to thank you guys and give you a special shout out. So uh, thank you. Helping commuters you everywhere. You yeah. gotta love it. <laughs> Jared, what about you? Well, likewise, I feel the very same way. This podcast wouldn't exist. There wouldn't be a point to it if people weren't listening. And so from the very bottom of our hearts, first and foremost, listeners, uh, you don't have a better representative on this planet than Sean McGowan representing your voice. So on behalf of Sean and Peter and myself, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And that's a wrap. 